0: This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. The following is a message from the Legal Eagles Network. Are you eligible for a monthly Social Security disability check? Did you know you've been paying for it your entire life out of every paycheck? You could be eligible for up to $3,000 a month. Here's managing partner Sam Pond.
1: And I would suggest that the vast majority,
0: not 100%, but pretty damn close of all those members that are retiring
1: from one of the building trades or another union, that they're eligible for a social security disability check when they retire at 50, 53, 55,
0: 58, 60, even into their mid 60s or the early 60s. And that that could pay them $36,000 per year. Let Pond Lee Hockey help you find the answers to this question. Are you eligible for Social Security Disability? You have nothing to lose except what you're entitled to receive. Go to PondLeeHockey.com. Now on Talk Radio
2: 1210, WPHT, WPHT,
1: HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Station, the Labor Show with J Doc and Krause. If we don't move in our own direction, we're gonna become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey Cheer. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is the Labor Show with J Doc and Krause. And a good afternoon, everyone, and welcome in to the Labor Show with J Doc and Krause as we come to you. In an early edition of the Labor Show, uh, Penn State football later on this afternoon here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. This, of course, J Doc, our President's Hour uh, with the President of the AFL-CIO, Pat Iding, will join us for the full hour. Nice to have you uh, with us as well. We'll cover a lot of ground here in the opening hour. Yeah,
2: this is definitely my favorite uh, segment of the month, um, having the opportunity to have Pat Eiding um, on the broadcast because in in a sense we get the opportunity to just sit back and listen and learn uh, just like the listener out there and so uh, so much so much to talk about Joe and I know uh, Pat had the opportunity uh, yesterday to go out and, and speak to the kids at one of our high schools in the city and that's uh, got to be a, a great experience for the kids and I'm sure it was a great experience for Pat so uh, Pat uh, how are you sir Joe and Joe, I'm doing
3: great. Uh, things are, you know, crazily busy. It, uh, it seems funny with pandemics being all around us and just now starting to come out to see each other, but uh, things are, things are moving and uh, unfortunately some things aren't moving, which we'll probably discuss a little bit about, but, uh, uh you opened up what I think would a great subject. Uh, there's nothing I like better than going out talking to the kids, whether it's a single class or as we did yesterday with Lincoln. we had, uh, uh, from freshmen all the way up coming into the, uh, and they were actually the kids were pulled ahead of time to see who was interested in looking at the different pathways and those things. And you know, my hats off to so many different organizations here, uh, not the least of you know, building construction trades apprentice programs. They're fantastic. Come out for everything we do. But we had the nurses there. We had maritime there. Uh, you know, we had uh, quite a few people there. We had the community college. And the kids, the kids get engaged. They do. Uh, you know, what's funny, though, I walk around when, in between sessions because we, we we don't try to do it all once. You can imagine how many kids that would be. So we do it about three or four different sessions. And uh, as I walk around talking to kids, I'm just you know catch somebody's eye and say, "Hi, are you, are you interested in anything you, you see here?" And and, and one young lady said, well, not right now because I'm interested in sports. <laughs> I said, really? what sports? She said, oh, I play soccer. I said, well, that's a good thing too. So, so, you know, you can tell just by what I'm saying, it's, it's, a, it's a, it's not necessarily a fun thing, but it's a happy thing because you're having a chance to, uh, get kids who see there's other, and I use the term pathways all the time, other pathways every kid can't go to college, obviously, and every kid doesn't want to go to college. And uh, what we find most times in a lot of cases, the parents are pressing the college issue and the kids are not sure. And so this is a great opportunity for the kids to walk around and every person there representing the different organizations I mentioned and some I'll miss asked me was there. I mean, uh, th- there's, there's a great feel between the folks who handle those programs and the kids themselves. So when they're talking... There's there's very there's all patients there's no nobody rushing through to get to the next kid uh, some kids are lined up some kids moving around and if you just picture this huge auditorium with with all the kids going to different tables and talking to the different people and uh, it's it, it, you know we we did more of this before the pandemic uh, we tried it once during the pandemic virtually and of course you miss you miss exactly what I was just talking about and, and uh, there's a young lady at Lincoln who teaches special ed. Uh, When I was there the last time, she was walking around with kids doing sign. So she could explain each trade and each each organization that was there. She happens to be a cousin of mine, and that uh, that you know that just makes me you know pump out a little bit more because it's it's one of our own family that's doing this great work. So, you know that that's that's a great day to be spent. It's it's a good part of the whole day because there's so many kids. And I have to tell you, you know, you look at these big construction workers who become instructors who are now you know relating to the children. It's fantastic, uh, and and I and I and I have to throw uh, you know my my hat out to uh, Councilman Richardson. She's doing a fantastic job with apprentices, uh, trying to get kids, you know, kids in high school and other folks to know what apprentice programs are. She's got a fantastic book she has out. She's going to upgrade that. Uh, in fact, I have it on my desk to uh, to co-sign a letter with Ryan Boyer uh, out to the different organizations to let them know you know, what opportunities are there for apprentice programs. And she does a program one o'clock every Friday where she or live streams, uh, usually two, uh, trades that will present their program and, you know, how, what you need to get in and all those things that, that many times folks don't know where to look for it. So it's exciting. I'm, you know, I've had, uh, in the course of the time, here I've talked to folks who don't speak English. is not their first language, and certainly their language is not my first. And the teachers do a great job in interpreting what we're saying and doing things. So, it's an exciting thing. It uh, it kind of picks you up and makes you want to start again next week. You know,
1: Pat. Uh, you know, and maybe I look at this as I listen to you talk about. Um you know, that time spent at Lincoln, and perhaps I look at this with uh, rose-colored glasses, but, you know, I've always been so proud to push the message of the apprentice programs and of the trades and of the opportunities. And even now, when I'm driving into the city and I could be in the car with family and I'll, I'll turn to my daughter and I'll say to Isabel is you realize the union built this city you know you go to Drexel University the union built your buildings um, I, I, I just think now more than ever um, that awareness of opportunity to get into a union to get into the trades um, is so important and so timely perhaps more now than ever before What's your thought on that?
3: Well, Joe. Yeah, I.
1: I think you. I mean, you raised the point well because
3: uh, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of misunderstanding. There's been a lot of finger pointing. There's you know so much stuff that goes on. I will tell you the work that you know. Uh, Nicole Fuller here, who works with me all these years, she's, she's working on a pro- program to help young ladies understand what it's like to be in the trades, the benefits of it. You know, for years that we were accused of keeping women out of the trades. The truth is, the right, they didn't know. They didn't understand. And many uh, were intimidated by trying to be in the trades. Now, uh, we're giving awards out. I mean, you know, the young lady from D.C. 21 got an award of city council talking to Councilwoman Richardson today, who, by the way, was up there with her folks, with, with the kids. Uh, she's going to reach out. She's not going to. She's reaching out to the different pro- trade programs to have folks nominate uh, some young lady who's excelling in that trade. And, uh, you know, it, it, you, you wouldn't think that the ironworkers who have pictures of these, uh, you know, 20,000 feet high steel frames, you know, are looking for young ladies to work there. But you know, the, the gentleman I talked to there is telling me about the great apprentices they have that, that, that are female. And uh, the plumber, the, the plumber that was there is talking about, her. He's, he's putting one of his young ladies up for one of these awards city council. Those are things that, for some mysterious reason, folks wanted to make boogeymans out of everything, like we didn't want the woman in there. Another example I'll tell you, which is getting off track a little bit, you know, for years, you know, folks have criticized the trades because in their requirements they have to have a driver's license. And, you know, what, what's been said by politicians many times pointing, well, they just do that to keep people out. Well, the truth of the day is, in the construction industry, and I use this as, as a, a little bit of an example, if you're working on the Comcast building and your boss comes to you and says you've got to go to Rory for Pennsylvania, and you look at him and say, I've no way of getting there, and maybe that happens too, the third time, the, 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 the employer don't need you anymore because you can't go where his jobs are. And folks, you know, folks don't correlate the fact that you building trades are five counties plus New Jersey and other areas. So these are, these are mysterious things that were being used as uh, creating enemies, creating boogeyman, if you will. That now, because of these kinds of programs and for what Councilwoman Richards is doing, we can, we can bring this out in the open and instead of pointing fingers at each other, let's work together to help these folks get into these trades. And I think that's just, I think that's just, so much better now, Joe and Joe, than it was uh, not too long ago because, um, you know, little by little and even through bad times, little by little, folks are starting to understand the great things that unions do, the leaders do, you know. And I don't want to morph from a fantastic, happy thing into this, this stupid trial that's going on. And I say stupid because if Bob Heenan wasn't a union guy, he wouldn't be charged with anything, you know, because the feds want to get somebody like John Docker there so what happens. And you know what's coming out of this trial, folks are maybe not reading as much. One after the other, after the other, folks are coming up saying the great things that John has done the neighborhoods, and Bobby has done the neighborhoods. The food given out, the, the you know displaced persons, just on and on and on. And you know from the different years that we've been on the radio, we always say that the unions never get enough credit for what they do. But this is a sad situation. It's a sad situation that if you if you took chapter and verse of the good that John Doherty has done through the years for other people, not for himself, the man still lives where he grew up for crying out loud. He does he didn't he didn't ride up into some mansion on some private airplane. He's still here in Philadelphia like most of us are, you know? And so I'm um, you know, I don't wanna I don't wanna mix them because they're two extremes but the truth of the day is what we're doing with kids and what we've been doing with kids. But now folks like councilwoman Richardson and others are realizing by teaming together with us, we can really help the people who need help. And, and so I, you know, uh, the, Listen, I'm jumping into my time here. I know we got to take a break in a minute, but we should, we should talk about this a little bit more because I think it's a value conversation.
1: We'll do just that. I know, Jay Doc, you wanted to weigh in as well. So let's do this. Let's get to our first commercial break here on the President's Hour with Pat Iding. Back in a moment.
0: Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by IBEW Local 98 North, UFCW Local 1776, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades DC21. Today's program has been pre-recorded. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk. I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart.
1: And back here on the Labor Show, here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We're on early today, uh, our two hour show leading into Penn State football. Getting started here, J. Doc, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Kicking it off at high noon with the Labor Show.
2: Yeah, I mean, Pat uh, talking about a lot of really important things in the, in the opening segment. Um, first, number one, the kids. Um, One of the things I wanted to ask Pat is, uh, in your experience, um, speaking to the kids at Lincoln High School, a couple things. Number one, um, how many of them really understood what a union is and does uh, in in the process? And then number two, uh, we have such uh, diversity in our labor community, um, including the different types of unions, how many individuals, uh, you know, that you spoke to thought that, the union was one of us. You know how many uh, people go. Well, I want to get in the union. Um, talk about the impressions of the unions that that you found from the kids. Well, I, I think you're you're
3: right on something, Joe. That they're you know if you don't come from a union household, many times you don't really know because. Uh You know, years ago, you had more positive news about unions and what folks were doing. And, uh, you know, uh, the fact that we have pensions and we have health care and those things, but they don't they don't realize that there's a great, great career there and they don't realize that um, what you get out of it the part of your question about the unions you're actually right most of them don't don't understand what that is i you know fortunately when when i get to get my big mouth out there one of the first things i do is point over to my local union said you know i may be the president of the afl show but more importantly i'm a member of the insulators union local 14. and the reason i was able to afford this suit is because i made a great living being an insulator and being belonging to a union so you give them a little bit you know you can't if you start preaching then you lose them uh, in fact, when I when I start talking about how important math and and, and spelling is, I tell them that now it's my turn to be your mother and father. I'm going to say <laughs> you some things, you know. So but it's great because there's nothing there's nothing structured. You know, we're not going to stand up and say bad words anyway, but there's nothing structured. So you, if if you've done it for a long time. You know, like I have, like John Doherty has, has others had, Pat Gillespie, you feel it. You don't have to read it, you feel it. Now, when you're looking at the kids' faces and you see they're paying attention, then you're really, you really, it's, it's a lot of responsibility. So try to keep it light, try, but as as I said, repeating, I make it a point that I'm able to wear this suit because I went, you know, I was a member of Local 14, the union. And so, you know, and I, I think uh, Representative Hallenstein did a good job uh, emphasizing that the fact that the, all these folks are here and able to do this because they belong to a union. And of course, uh, Councilwoman Richards, she's, she's fantastic when she, she gives bouquets after the unions because she believes it, you know, and, and the, the relationship she's built with them as she puts on her programs has been great. So I think the kids will feel it as we go forward when we reach out. Um, but I don't, I don't think we, you know, to your point, I don't think we emphasize it enough, even us, you know, because
2: I don't uh, it, mean to sound like we take it for granted, but we do in a way because we, we live it and we do it every day. It's interesting, though, the concept of collective bargaining. I just thought if I was just if you're talking to, to kids and, and, and walking in and saying, listen, I want you to picture something. Uh, the difference between walking in that uh, uh, that boss's office alone and and having a good point, and listen, I've been working for, for t- ten hours a day, you know, seven days a week, and I think we need to, you know, do something uh, that that makes it more fair and safer and all those things. Uh, the chances of one person, rather than collectively bargaining with the with the entire workplace and saying, listen, we want to, uh, you know, we want to have an even step here and, and have the opportunity to negotiate collectively, um, or in some cases, you know, we can, we can walk off the job until fairness becomes an issue, um, that is something that I'm sure a lot of kids, uh, although they don't know, is, is a concept that, uh, that probably is appealing, uh, having said that.
3: Well, you, you, you know, it's a it's a tough it's a tough audience for that. I get a little bit of chance when I do when I talk directly to a class rather than you know the whole auditorium. There's a little chance to you know to when you because what I what I try to do is frame it out where I come from, who I am, and you know the union aspect that I could plug in because you're talking to you know I guess thirty five kids or something like that. Big difference, but but you're right. I mean, it's 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 hard to it's it's hard to find. venue where you can really break down what the value of and who you are being in the union and and what it does for you you know that's that's a class by itself and it's it's tough Uh, i always used to say to our people when i was with my local when you go you know to the leaders when you go talk to the apprentices make sure that the primary thing you let them know is you're here and you have this because of collective bargaining you know and so no it's a point that it's I, and I have to tell you, I, I, I go off sometimes that many of our union leaders are guilty of not saying enough to their members. Because if, if you go into a, what they call a, a, a closed shop, where when you go to work in that sh- that particular business, seven days after you work there, you're in the union automatically because it's a closed shop and everybody's union. Well, if you go to talk to those folks, you know, just happen to stop in and say something, you know, you know, do you belong to the union? The first thing they'll tell you is why well, we pay dues. They, they don't emphasize right. to you that, they. Buy, hey, by the way, I got, a, I, got a, I got a pension plan. I got a I got a 401 savings plan. I have health care. You know, I have sick days. Uh, I have safety coverage, you know. They, that that but,
2: needs to be said more well, Pat, even well, though it sounds like you're bragging to them. Well, what's interesting about that is this. The building trades, because we have apprentice programs, and we go to school nine months out of the year, and we're learning the trades at school, and we're also learning what what the unions about. Like Joe Krauss was talking about the apprentice program, and I know you 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 talk about it all the time, but. When you leave a building trade union, uh, you, you 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 it's instilled in you. I say this a lot, that um, a large portion of our building trade unions, we have great unions across the board, not obviously just the building trades, but one of the great things about it is you go to school for four years, five years, half of our guys have the unions tattooed to their arms. But if you don't get that opportunity... To go to an apprentice school, that's where you have individuals that may not be up on a specific amount of um, of the union situation. So, uh, it's a great point. You know, the, the quick point on that is that
3: when you go into the building trade, you're going into there because you want to be there. You want to be in that union. Sometimes when you go into another union, you're, you're fortunate to get in it just because you got that job. So, you know, I, I know that sounds kind of ununion-like, you know, because I represent all the unions, but the truth of the day, I I probably have a, a really good uh, point of observation in that area because I meet and greet with all those folks, you know, and, and so, you know, it, 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 we're coming up to another break, so I don't want to get into election, but just look at election time. You know, we, we have apprentices all over the place. We don't have journey persons all over the place, you know. But that's the spirit of core, if you will, one of a better word. Uh, that's what they teach us in the service. But uh, that's the spirit of core because you want to be
1: in that union. You didn't, you didn't get in there because you happened to go to work when you saw one ad, you know? Absolutely. It's the President's Hour with Pat Iding, who just demonstrated to me that after eight years of, in one way, shape, or form, doing the labor show on radio... Pat Eiding just did a tease for the next segment. When we come back after the break, we'll get into the elections. Well done, Pat.
0: <laughs> this edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, Steam Fitters Local 420, and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 542. Today's program has been pre-recorded. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working.
1: And back here on The Labor Show, hour number one of a two-hour show. A Saturday afternoon edition of the Labor Show with Jade and Krause. This is the President's Hour with the President of the AFL CIO, Pat Eiding, joining us for as he always does, once a month for the uh, full hour into uh, the month of November. In December, we'll um, be um, more engaged in uh, holiday conversation and some of the great work that the unions do uh, around the holidays. Pat, need to jump into as you mentioned, going into the break, uh, conversation uh, about the elections, uh, some of the results um, that are now official. Let me get some of your thoughts and remarks uh, now that the elections uh, are in the rearview mirror. Well,
3: at some point, you know, uh, a couple days after the election, you have to come out of that That you wound up into because of the results being the way they were. But uh, what folks need to know results are usually from what you put into it. And whether we like it or not, 20% turnout in Philadelphia, they're not going to get worker friendly people elected. And, And that's a sad testament to, I think, last Wednesday because uh, the last Tuesday rather. See how quick I want to get rid of that. Uh, you know, it, it just it's it's a sad situation that the, the the atmosphere of this country is one where where and and I do understand that people are they're 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 voting their heart, they're voting their at their their anger, their you know their uh you can see it coming out now with folks coming back and. We hear there's no people, there's nobody to go to work, nobody's working, and all that kind of stuff. People are wanting to step up. They want to step up. Uh, this stuff in Washington, uh, had those two bills been voted on and passed a week before the election, I almost guarantee you the election would have been different. I guarantee you we would at least have two judges, one in the Supreme Court and, and others. And that that lack of those folks in Washington doing their job. Uh, not their personal feelings is what comes out down there. They are doing if they were doing their job. And, you know, I've been talking about infrastructure and how many presidents promised it for the years that I've been living, been living and nothing ever came out. We actually had it on our hand. It's there. It might get voted on in the next day or so. The infrastructure thing was already passed. There was no reason to let it go. But, you know, the other part of it, the part that had a lot of good things in it, that, you know, and I'm going to call Matt, the guy from West Virginia, mention, Nancy, Nancy whatever his name is, him and the other lady, you know, uh, and also the folks on the extreme left. They had, they, they had it in their hand to pass these two pieces of legislation and the average person who's voting wouldn't have been so angry. They, they, if they knew they had a light at the end of the tunnel, they would have voted, voted a different way. I firmly believe that. I really do. Uh, things are too, too close. And especially in the local areas, not to be that way, but I folks are angry and, 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 and I guess they have a right to be, I, you know, um, uh, Things, things get promised to be changed and it never changed because politics just, they just keeps stepping on each other's toes. And I, and I have a stronger term for that, but we're on the radio. It's just, it's just a sad situation that the, this kind of election gets dictated to by the fact that the people we already have in office aren't doing a good job. And, and, uh, you know, um, we are good people, really good people that could have, should have been elected, worked hard had nothing to do with whether they were getting pro-union i mean you know god bless us if, if, all you got to do is look at the atmosphere in the counties where some billionaire put all those monies in there just to change the school district the school boards i mean you know there's a control thing going on here and it's not by the workers or the unions they can point the finger all they want it's by the millionaires that are controlling this country and those folks in in Washington, well, I should say Harrisburg, too. But unfortunately, the, the election came out there. We can learn a lesson from it. We can bury our head or we can learn a lesson from it. And part of that lesson is to get some things done. And uh, why I say that so strongly, and I have to say this out loud, I'm talking to some of our own brothers and sisters. I'm talking to some of our own family. I'm talking to some of our own uh, union members that, uh, that walk around like the cock of a walk because they're making great money and have benefits and and, and, and you know, going to vote for some person who who who's driving around in a Mercedes because he's got so much money, he can dictate what school boards are going to be there. It's just, I, I know I'm ranting, but I can't help it. Uh, we should have done a better job. We should have had more people turn out for a vote. And in a city, if we're going to have 20% people vote, we're giving our country away to somebody else.
2: Yeah, I mean, and and uh, having said that, Pat, even across the river, and I don't think there's any way we can avoid this conversation with, with what happened to Steve Sweeney, um, our state uh, senator over there, uh, who uh, would definitely uh, a big part of uh, pushing labor's agenda, and um, you know that is a staggering a staggering and unexpected defeat talk about that and 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 the fact that um the, the individual who beat him had no political background whatsoever um it, it just seems like they were pulling the republican lever and uh steve got uh, thrown out with the bathwater so
3: Joe, Joe, what's even sad Saturday you know what this guy's all about carrying a gun yeah we're, we're burying kids day by day and this guy, all about carrying a gun, and the clown that was in the White whitewash has put that kind of stuff in people's brains. He's, he's allowed people to come up with their prejudices. You know, it's all right to carry a gun. I mean, just look at this. Side. The guy, no disrespect for the guy being a truck driver and not being a politician, but he's a proponent of passing a law to carry a gun in the state of New Jersey. And we're trying to figure out how do we get some of these guns away from people. And you know they can they can color that any way they want, but that doesn't. Here, here's a sad part about our people, Joe, our working people, our folks who live in in, in, in the Camden neighborhood. And there was most of the up everything that was done over in that area, the things, the jobs that were created, the development that was done, it was pushed by Steve Sweeney, and some of the people voted against him. This this is what I'm saying about we better wake up, we better wake up and see who's doing what. Because the person has got, you you know, got half, half, half of, I don't know how many people running around on January 6th like a bunch of crazies in our, overthrowing our co- government. You know, I mean, that's what they were doing. And they're walking around proud about it. You know, and, and so our people, our own people, who have the benefit of a collective bargaining agreement, are jumping in on that fray. And I just don't understand it. And they're not giving credit. To some of the people who did so much for them, and Steve Sweeney's one of them. The stuff he, the stuff he was able to bring to South Jersey, in particular Camden, is, is, it's, you know, it's, it's amazing that anybody in that area would vote against him. But it's what we have, and I don't know if it's uh, leadership on our part, or if it's if it's education on our part, but it's it's a it's a sad, angry world that we're dealing
1: with. I mean, you also, well, and they're th- talking about a tenure. Steve Sweeney's tenure 20 years right 20 years I
2: mean here's the thing it's 20 years
1: of doing for
2: people yeah right? and I and and this it, this particular election where there's you know with, with the judges and there's typically a, a, a low turnout but this was unprecedentedly we, we low especially on our side do you think people took things for granted Pat
3: oh I definitely do I I just I don't know why and I, I don't know where that message could come from but uh you know I, I don't I mean, it's not the people who voted, It's you know, it's the other people. I mean, even in Steve Sweeney, from what I understand, he got the same amount of votes he got the last time he ran, but so many people came out to vote against him. And many of those people who will try to come out to vote against them are angry people who, who got the benefit of some of that stuff. They're just not calculating, I think, how much is, was important to them. I, it's, it's really hard. I mean, she you know, we, we, we my, my wife at a polling place, uh, I'm surprised she didn't punch somebody, but she had a person in her face who was personally degrading somebody that we know. And she said, "Listen, he's a friend. I, I'm not, I'm not going to put up with that. I mean, I'm cleaning the whole mess up." But that's how bad it was out there. It's uh, you know, they talk, I remember when they used to talk about us in Philadelphia, polling places being being mean people. My God, you, what's out there now is unbelievable.
2: They're hateful. Well, what, and, what, what's also know, uh, tr- it, it just goes to show you though, Pat. Even you know, particularly because um, obviously the presidential election was such a a big win that. Um, it jumps on top of you quickly and there's no time to ever rest on your laurels. And I think people get, um, you know, complacent quickly and, you know, leave their guard down. And when you have like, for example, a 20%, you know, voting uh, percentage, uh, you know, turnout, um, you know, you're you're, you're, like you said, you're leaving it open. You're, you're, you know, your rights. I don't know if people educate themselves enough to understand how they can be impacted um, by not voting. Uh, and, and what that privilege is it just gets taken out from underneath you and if you don't exercise your your your, your uh, privilege to vote especially if you're a union member um, then obviously you're you're, you're you're risking your livelihood. Um, There's a lot of different. There's a lot of different issues out there, and social issues um, are obviously a big part of today's uh, landscape. Uh, But when it comes to organized labor, and and, and, uh, John Doherty said it, uh, I think it was the first show that uh, the four of us, uh, me, Krause, yourself, and John, ever did on Talk Radio uh, twelve ten. You know, social issues are important, and that's uh, you know that they are very important in today's society. But also, if you're Your livelihood, your economic issues, okay? And you have to sit down. And if you're not going to vote because of your livelihood, I'm just saying, not voting, uh, you know, you're risking, you know, what's on the table. And at the end of the day, that's what happened this time. People did not go out and vote, they took things for granted. They did not think of their livelihood. Uh, You know, I I mean, people uh, also think of their, you know, that the social issues and they're incredibly important. But either way, you have to vote if you don't vote you can't complain and at the end of the day you're you know you're giving it all away it's just un- unforgivable absolutely absolutely Do we have to jump joe
1: uh two minutes until we get to uh, uh until we get to the uh, break and then we'll take our final break and come back and finish it up on the other side with the president of the afl cio pat outing pat one last thought and i wanted to jump in before we went to the break on this and i'm not a union worker But from the outside looking in, I think I can make this observation, and I'd love for you to comment on it. If there's one group of workers in this country that are conditioned to vote by the mere fact that they're in a union, our union employees, our union workers, our members, they vote every day. Not every day, but they they, they vote. All the time in their own union. So you would think that union representation at the polls would be 100% or would be very, very high. I don't know what it is. That's just an observation.
3: But- But you would, no, I think, I think you're right. You should, you should, and I hate to use the word assume, but you should assume that because especially the culture I come from being in the trades where, as, as Joe alluded to earlier, you know, we talk about it. We talk to apprentices. We talk about the value. But if you, if you look at this election, and I guess if you, at some point we'll dissect it, one of the things that I kept trying to get people to talk to their, their brothers or sisters or mothers or fathers, the importance of judges you know, part of the, especially in Pennsylvania, part of this election was, was, uh, uh wasn't exciting. It wasn't, a, there was no governor, you know, but it, if folks only realize the value and the importance of judges, just in this last election where we had all this so-called controversy over whether, you know, the votes counted, this counted, that counted, then you start talking about the, the congressional districts. If we didn't have representation on the state Supreme Court, this whole, that whole election would have been probably thrown out. Because you still have people trying to do that, even though the, the elections were done fair and done properly. So, when when you when you try to excite folks to go to the polling places and and they're too low to begin with for something like judges, the folks just don't they don't get it. They don't you know it's not like Senator Casey's running or there's a you know there's a governor running it. It's it's judges and you know a lot of folks you know just a lot of us that just grew up. We our idea of a judges if you did something wrong you got to go before. But judges have, and and this this guy that was in the White House for four years he should have convinced people then how bad it could be. When they did, when they dictate judges that are going to do outcomes of laws you've had for years to change them, and they're not. I just I don't know. We we couldn't do a good job, or or, or we didn't try to do a good job. I tried. Maybe I was a voice of the wilderness, but trying to let people know you got to get folks to vote for these judges. And so, you know, to answer what Joe said about what do you think it was or you're saying, I think even some of our own members who who value the the, the value the vote so much, especially in their own world, that just let it get away. And, you know, I'll leave you with this as we break. If you think about 2008, the biggest thing in the world, we, we elected the first black president of America. And it was a big thing. Two years later, 2010, we all went to sleep. We gave everything back that we had. When he got elected, he had both houses were were
2: his his party. In 2010, we gave it all back. And, and that's so, why, co- and you know, it's why he couldn't get anything done in the last in, 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 in his last uh, years in, in, in presidency. It, w- it was ridiculous. People got to look at how how things connect. Right, you got to look at who you're voting for and how it affects you and the people that you put in there in the first place. President's hour
1: with Pat Iding of the uh, uh, AFL-CIO joining us. We'll get to a quick commercial break. We'll finish it up on the other side back in a moment.
0: Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Ironworkers Local 401, Boilermakers Local 13, Plumbers Local 690, Roovers Local 30, and IBEW Local 98. Choose a Local 98 contractor. Today's program has been pre-recorded.
1: Here on the Labor Show, this is the President's Hour with the President of the AFL-CIO, Pat O'Donnell. Uh, Join us quick hour today, Pat. I want to give you last thought uh, on our conversation from the previous segment uh, on the elections, and then to finish it up, to finish up uh, this hour, um, I'm just going to give you open floor, open mic for five minutes. Give you uh, give you the opportunity. Uh, there's a lot in your world. I'll give you an opportunity to go any direction uh, that you want to go to. Let me come to you first, just for uh, last thoughts on on our election conversation, which we didn't quite finish up from the uh, previous segment.
3: Thanks, Joe, because if we didn't have those breaks. I think we, I would just go on and on and on. I get, I get so excited about certain things and I get depressed about things. But, but no, listen, here, here's what we have to take out of this election. We have to pay attention that in some cases we didn't do our job. In some cases we have to get a better message. Uh, we have to now, I think, pick up and and start where we left off. We can't, you know, we can't go to bed and then lick our wounds. This is this is uh, this country needs a lot of help. We got to make sure those folks in Washington get those two pieces of legislation passed, so we can start building roads and bridges and have a better place to live with, uh, you know, paid sick leave and, and uh, you know, cleaner world. You know, we got to come together. Listen, we're 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 in a strange world in the building construction where We we we'll work ourselves out of a job every day. Uh, that's why we lobby for monies and taxes and those things. But by the same token, we have to open our minds that. Things are changing. There's going to be another way of doing business in this country. we got to make sure those jobs that are coming out of the so-called clean world, that they're good, life-sustaining jobs that have benefits and safety to go with them. Uh, we don't want to give it over to a million robots doing the work where, when we have our folks out of work. So we got to pay attention to what happened at the election we got to pay attention to what we got to do go forward, make sure we stay on top of whatever people we have uh, some uh, conversation with. I don't say we control anybody uh, to make sure they get something done in Washington. Then I think we have to pay attention to politics. What's happening this, in this state of Pennsylvania next year? It's very, very important that we don't turn this whole state over to a Trump world. Uh, which could very easily happen if we're not careful. So I'll drop that at there. We'll talk about it, I'm sure, many other times. But there's a lot of stuff going on. And one one of the things I want to mention, Joe, is that, uh, you know, we've been fighting for how many years now to clean the schools up. And, the you know, it's being portrayed, it's being done, and it's being done. The truth of the day is what they should have done when they had all that downtime during the yep. pandemic. Yep. They should have closed one building down, cleaned the building completely up, and then do another building. And then then we wouldn't have asbestos and lead popping up even after we say an area is clean. And that's going on right now. And I, I don't want the teachers to be pointing fingers at them like they're troublemakers. They have a right to be able to work and teach their kids. And the kids have a right to have clean atmosphere where they are and And i that's not being done the way it's being said it is being done it's not being done cleanly is the way it should it should be done, and I think we have to pay attention to that and so we we are staying right on top of the uh, you know the facilities being uh, better you know we're staying on letters pushing people for regarding the facilities to make sure they're cleaned up that we're not going to tear them down and build them and if we get the new law passed the the infrastructure law, maybe some of these schools can come down and we could build schools you know. Here's what people don't realize. These schools will probably have a third of the, uh, the, the, the participants in it that, that the schools were built for. So you could take one of these old schools down, build a new school, and probably put two or three schools in that new building in, in an atmosphere that everybody would have the same, not just charter schools that are being built. So that's my thing for that. I ask people to pay attention to what's going in those schools. They're not clean. They're not clean. And they're not clean. And they can say anything they want. They're not clean. I know, I'm an asbestos worker. I know that stuff don't go away when you brush it. It comes right back when it settles. So that's my story there. I, uh, even though tough times, and I know we're we're a little early for the holiday season, but uh, I, with my President's Hour, probably won't be on before we uh, gather our families together for Thanksgiving. And I'm just really excited because it sounds to me with what you know, the president is doing what people are doing and conscious families and conscious parents are doing with the vaccination, that we're going to be able to have family gatherings this Thanksgiving. And I think that's something to be really happy about. This country has gone through a terrible, terrible time. We're coming out of it if we keep working together and pay attention and disregard all that stupid stuff that people are saying. Uh, you know, uh, anybody that's been in the service knows that you get needles for everything. You know, you know what you're getting them for, but you come back from, if you come back from not being shot, you don't come, you don't come back dead from the needle. That's for sure. So I, I'm just really happy people are pulling things together and what I'm hearing about the kids being vaccinated and the parents uh, lining up to get it done and the way they're handling it. It's an exciting time. So if I'm not on before Thanksgiving, uh, Please have a great
1: Thanksgiving. Great stuff. Great way to end it with the president uh, of the AFL-CIO, Pat Eiding, joining us for uh, the full hour. Uh, Pat, good stuff. Good coverage today. Good conversation. Appreciate um, uh, very much. Uh, I know you you continue to uh, work long days the nights get longer the days get shorter the days get longer and the nights get shorter i guess is what uh is the correct way to say it um thanks for all the effort my friend appreciate it uh, and thanks for all the work
3: one last word i pray that that jury understands that there's been no crime done by John Dockery or Bob Heenan, and I pray for Thanksgiving, we have a happy day that they go back and are able to do their job without this hanging over their head. Amen. Thanks, Joe. Amen.
1: Amen. Well done. Well said. That's well going to do it man. for our number one of The Labor Show. We'll see you on the other side for our number two.
0: This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.